No, it's good. Oh my god! Guess what day it is? Talk about rectifying. Oh. This is the re- rectify me daddy yeah. episode. So, happy 9-11, everybody. Happy 9-11, you guys. Today is officially, I'm so proud to say, the first annual Good Friends 9-11 episode. Oof. I don't know if I want to commit to doing an episode on 9-11 every year, but... This is our theme song. It just happens to be 9-11 today. Um, it did happen to be 9-11 today, mm. um, though I think if you were to ask some people, it's hard to ever forget that every, every day is 9-11 for some people. Sometimes it feels like that. Yeah, I mean, for women, once a month is 9-11, if you feel me. So <laughs> let's check our privilege here. No. But yeah, it just happens to be 9-11. It's a Friday, so TGIF kind of wins out. Um... Yeah, should we have a quick reflection? I, what are our thoughts on that? This is, after all, the Good Friends 9-11 episode. I don't, uh, it is the 9-11 episode. It's our theme song. And you're definitely right that people right now, instead of, like, going home and remembering what happened on 9-11, they're, like, having, uh, they're having happy hour drinks right now, getting hammered. That's for... They're getting hammered. That's definitely... As they, as they ought to. Right. So, you're right when you say gonna... happy hour went out. <laughs> Wait, say that you again? Said, I said you're right when you said happy hour wins out, or whatever happy it is. Happy hour wins TGIF. out. TGIF wins out. Yeah. TGI Fridays always wins out. TGI the house Fridays. always wins. house always wins. Yeah. Well, how many years has it been since Narn Alarm? Well, it was 2001 and 9-11. Back up, back up, back up. <laughs> say that again? It was September 1st. September 11th, 2001. <laughs> back up, back up, back up, back so, up, Jack. You're really confusing So me. September is, is a month. Uh, okay. Within the calendar, okay. So that designates time, and that's how we mark time with the calendar. Oh my God! Okay, following. I'm back on track. So now, yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson up in here. It okay. starts at year zero, <laughs> where Jesus was born. To talk about 9/11, we really have to talk about the origins of the universe. To talk that's about how Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about everything at a dinner party. We have to talk about Jesus in order to talk about 9/11. We don't have to talk about 9-11. We have to talk about our first major crime. Jesus. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> um, so it was 20, 2001. It is 2015. So it's been 14 years. Damn. That is a long time. It's a long time. Considering I w- we remember? were 13 at the time, weren't we? Weren't we? Um, we were definitely 13. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. Because I remember thinking in my head, like, wow, 13 really is crazy. Whoa. Like, so much is going on. Hardcore. <laughs> Hardcore. Do you remember where you were the morning of and what happened? Yeah, I do remember very well. Um, we were, I was getting ready to go to school and I remember, uh, my dad being like, holy shit. Cause he was like getting ready for work in his room and he had the TV on mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he was like, well, I don't know. He was watching like sports center or something. And I don't know what <laughs> yeah, I was I would doing. love if you walked in and it was like, what a killer three point shot. <laughs> and then your mom was like, holy shit. And you turned around and she's watching the news. No, my mom wasn't even there. She, le- she left super early in the morning when I was a kid. But what would happen? Oh my God, such a powerful woman. Would, I would, I would, I would wake up, kind of. I was still at the point where I was like a smelly uh, teenager who like didn't realize that like you just start to smell so much worse when you go through puberty. Yeah, I was having a real rough. 13, age thirteen was not a was not an easy one. Yeah, same with me. But thirteen to like literally eighteen. Apparently, I stank for five years. Yeah, so ah. it was just kind of. I was just kind of uh, in an awkward point in my life, and I, I remember I was up. Like hurry, like very quickly, trying to finish some uh, biology homework or something, because I like had put it off and like I was like, oh, I'll just wake up and do it. Okay. 
And yeah, my dad was like, holy shit. And then I like ran in and saw all the video footage and like the live feeds of the towers. And then I remember I, I went in to wake up uh, my oldest brother uh-huh. and he like rolled over and he was like, what the hell? What do you, what, 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 what? And I was like, uh, uh, one of the twin towers is like a plane just flew through it. And he was like, that's fake. And then he like rolled back to sleep. And then I, I think, because I don't think, I mean, you hear that and that's not like a, you know, that's a crazy thing. So did he think you were lying? Did I he think, think he thought was it was like a, a TV commercial or something. Uh, what if he really quickly in that moment assessed that it was probably an inside job? Yeah. And that's what he was oh, trying no, to get across. 9-11, he's already a 9-11 truther. <laughs> yeah, he was a truther literally three seconds after the event. Right. Inside job. <laughs> it's right. The government had a really major part of that. <laughs> You're crazy. See, I, Bin Laden was on the CIA payroll for years. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, okay, Matt. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's crazy. I think it was just because okay. I'd woken him up and he was pissed. Yeah, fair enough. Because yeah. uh, that's right. Because UC schools didn't start until like late September, so. So he was still there. Matt was still hanging around. Yeah. Oh my god! Hi there, Smelly. Yeah, and it was like really early our time because it was at like ten a.m. New York time, so it was like seven our time. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I remember it very vividly too. I like walked down. Thought it was a movie because usually my parents, like, have the news on but aren't, like, really watching. They're just listening to it. So the fact that they were, like, sitting so seriously, oh, I was like, right. are they watching a movie this early? And it's, like, an action movie? Like, what's going on? Yeah. And then I realized the truth and immediately, <laughs> literally within minutes, was like, I feel like it's best I stay home today. Right. <laughs> I, I didn't go to school. You were say that. Do I have to go to school? It's crazy. <laughs> you to go to school. Mom's like, absolutely not. So scary. Yeah, seriously. I was like, yeah. Dude, do you oh remember God. what school was like that day? No, I didn't go. You didn't go to school? <laughs> no, I oh didn't go. My God. I'm sure there's kids who did did not go to school, but I totally went to school. I mean, I regret not going because, yeah. like, that would have been such a more memorable experience than whatever I did that day when I was just chilling at home. What was it like? Was the school well, like? Well, some of the, most of the classrooms, like, you'd go in and, like, the teacher would be quietly listening to the radio. So like a lot the of radio. Yeah. What year was this? I don't know. Like not every teacher had TVs back then. You only had, you, you only had like the TV, but it didn't have cable. You know what I mean? I see. And they didn't I have see, internet, yeah. so you couldn't like live. I mean, going to, I mean, we went to middle school in 1976. Like <laughs> times were different. I mean, they had it was inter- crazy. they had internet, but it was like just. I remember they had just done high speed internet. It was like yeah, newly no, no longer did you have to like sit through the login with the. Right, right. And also that shit wasn't like streaming on CNN.com. Like that wasn't yeah, even like right. a thing yet. Yeah, totally. So then they were listening to the radio and everyone was like, was class halted the whole day? A lot day? of it, yeah. Some of the teachers tried to tried to teach class. And then I remember some of the more poor-tasted eighth graders were making plain jokes. So, Ooh, that would have been me. So I'm actually really glad I wasn't right. in class. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what was crazy? Were you there? Were you in school when the second tower fell? Uh, I think I, I think we watched that at home. You were still home? I think so. Because that's when it was scariest. Well, that yeah. That was when I was scared. I but, was like, scared. That's when I, like, I got scared whenever they cut to video of the people on the ground. And you're like, holy oh, shit, this is real. This is really happening. Totally. And immediately, like, my first thought would be, like, was, as, as it always is still, is, like, could I outrun that smoke? Right. <laughs> like, would I have been able to, like, would I have known what to do in that moment? Like, probably not. Jesus also, I have Christ. asthma. Like, I would have been gone. You, you would have made it. You think so? That is the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Yeah. <laughs> that I would have survived the ground level on 9-11. Right. I don't know. I really feel like I would perish. I feel like I would be running and then would fall in a sewer grate. Uh, 
Yeah, but knowing your like slender little body, you would like slip through the sa- the 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 gutter and then like go down into the sewers and then you'd befriend some mutant turtle or something. <laughs> oh my god, I'd befriend like an like a mutated alligator. Yeah, right. I'd be like, listen, Al, you gotta swim me to shore. Right. Take me to the Hudson. You got Al Qaeda to defeat. Imagine a 13-year-old me on an al- talking alligator being like, you know where we gotta go? Afghanistan. <laughs> I would watch that show, like Johnny Quest. We gotta go into the hills of Pakistan. Like, are you ready, Al? <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> Critics are calling Rod and the Alligator one of the worst animated right. shows of all time. Terrible response to 9-11. Terrible response. I mean, yeah, so 9-11 was, like, kind of scary. I remember more, Super like, scary. the general air of the days after, which were just so solemn. Yeah, like, yeah. I think the thing that really struck me was when I realized this was not something we were going to get over quickly. No way. Which is, like, a month later, it was still on magazines oh my God. and on newspapers. Dude, it was, like, a th- I mean, it was 9-11 for, like, the next, like, five years. People didn't it really get not, over it until, like, 2006. Yes, and you could argue that they're, like, still kind of not over it. I mean, like, we're over it in the sense of, like, the sensitivity of the event, but, like, everything that that event meant and what it did, like, I still feel like everyone feels that. Like, everyone's just oh, yeah. so scared all the time now, I mean, it is, you know? and you think back, but I don't know. It's just depressing. I feel depressed now that we're talking about it. Me too. Yeah. I'm all <laughs> depressed, so. So thank you guys for listening. Yeah, it was um, a real buzzkill. Sorry, everybody. It was a little buzzkill, but after all, this is the first official 9-11 episode. <laughs> Thoughts? Um, I don't know. That's good. I like that song. I like that song too. That song is what the '60s sound like in my head. Mm. (laughs) You know what I mean? You know how like there's specific songs that are just like that is like what the era is. Right. That song is that. Not just because it's used in like every trailer and like every shot of a helicopter above Vietnam, but just because like it just has this. It feels very. That song just sounds. Really, like, chill, but also, like, very unsettling. I don't know why. It is unsettling, and it's really chill. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, so it feels like it captures the air. That's also how I want someone to describe me. Chill and unsettling. (laughs) Yeah. I'd say you'd... Yeah, you fit the bill. You're very unsettling. I think you fit the bill. I'm very... I I aim to be extremely unsettling. Yeah. I've never settled (laughs) when I'm around you. Yeah, definitely not. Never settle. And by that, I mean never settle around me. Right. (laughs) What song do you think really sounds like the 70s? Uh, like a disco song, like Staying Alive. <laughs> no, 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 honestly, yeah, I was going to say Staying Alive. <laughs> that just sounds like someone like freaking out. Like, because <laughs> everything was scary then. Everyone too. exhaling and then inhaling through their nose as they do a line of cocaine. Yeah, totally. 100%. Was that song 70s or 80s? I feel like it was Staying 70s, but 70s. you never know. Dog. It was 70s, yeah. yeah. Were the Bee Gees in the 70s? I think they were, but you know how sometimes there's that bleed and you can't tell? Like, right, what, that was like released in like 70s? 81 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like how so many things from the late 80s are actually from the early 90s. And it's like so dark. It's true. There is that bleed. So vicious. Yeah, that bleed is real. Yeah. That bleed is very real. That bleed is so real with the 2000s. What happened in you the 2000s? Like, or no, just in terms of like something will be out. You'll see something from like 2002 and it looks so old and you're convinced it's from the late uh, 90s and it's yeah. not. So what's that right now? Because we could have... I mean, what was the thing that was from... Oh, man, that's so weird. To me, the, after the... I don't know. To me, everything past the year 2000 was like the same era. 
Right. Do you have it? But it's not. Yeah, I guess you so. Know? I guess like the like yeah. like the look of things, That's like the true. look of like like people were still filming on like looking like, like digital isn't a thing. Yeah, right. Looking at early two thousands music videos, you're like, holy shit, Pe- mm-hmm. people look so lame. Yeah, totally. Everything is so lame. Everything is so like, welcome to space. Like, <laughs> like for no reason. Dude, like, that, yeah, for right. no reason. It looks like a giant gathering of the Juggalos concert. Yeah, totally. It looks like if robots and juggalos made it and an entire new species started, that's every video in the early 2000s. Everyone has super big spiked hair and, like, gigantic blee pipe jeans. Yeah, it was just all these people that, like, didn't really know what technology meant, so they're just like, this is what it's like to live in a microchip. And it's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? Like, everything is so fluorescent and, like, crazy. Like, every band had a music video where, like, it started with, like, like yeah, twenty two. In like some like, big fisheye lens, kind of like yeah, the big right. fisheye lens in like a really white sterile like marble room, and yeah, then they're right. like kind of dressed in robo gear, mm. and then they do a dance number. Right. Every band had one. And of they're those. wearing ski goggles. Yeah, they're wearing ski. Yeah, totally. Like in the future, when we are microchip, it is always <laughs> snowing inside of this dentist's office. Like, what do you know what the future is? It's so uh, crazy. Time 2000s. is weird. Early two mm. thousands, what a time! Mm. When will there be a documentary about that? Mm. But yeah, but I, I mean, I would say nine eleven is a loss of innocence, really. So, <laughs> <laughs> I want that to be the thing I overhear every single time I walk by someone. <laughs> or like, you know how like when they come back after a commercial break on a talk show, the guest and the right. host have been like chatting we'll be before they're like, "Welcome out. back." <laughs> Like, I wish the audio would be on for a second. It was like, yeah, no, 9-11 was, in a way, a loss of innocence. Welcome back. Yeah. I'm with Selena Gomez, and... Right. <laughs> when I eventually... No, but it really yeah. was. When I eventually cut a Good Friends promo, that's going to be the... Uh, it's going to be the end one. That's going to be the end line. The end sound <laughs> Sprinkled bro. maybe more than once throughout. Right. Like, Good Friends, 9-11 was a loss of innocence. Yeah. Where they talk about culture and <laughs> politics. Yeah, 9-11 was a loss of innocence. And everything in between. Innocence. Like, so... <laughs> But you know what? In a way, it was a loss of innocence, much like the 60s. Wow. 9-11 episode. 9-11 episode. (laughs) It feels crazy. Everyone feels scared all the time. Remember Anthrax, my favorite era, if we're getting really honest? That was was funny. All that was like... That was just funny, and there was nothing about it that was scary. I was what about so angry. white powder? You would have freaked out. I mean, I literally just feel like it was like they were setting the stage for people to just prank. Yeah. They were like, there is a new thing to be scared of, and it's this simple, and here's exactly what it looks like. Just white powder in an envelope. Don't do anything funny, teenagers. And of course, <laughs> it was just like prank alert. It was pretty big. I don't know, but that, but that was like a domestic terrorist thing, right? Like, that wasn't like related to... Yeah, right. That was like... Uh, anything? Ted Kaczynski situation. Yeah, that's why that was so funny, because it was just one of those things where it was like, these two things have nothing to do with each other, but they have everything to do with each other. That, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> I mean, after 9-11, it, like, everything turned into a fucking watch out for this and don't trust that. And Yeah, totally. Like, everything got so crazy. Everything became a personal attack. Every, it, <laughs> just be, it was just a, you know, loss of innocence. It was, a, yeah, in a way, it was just really a, an era in which innocence was lost. So... So thank you guys for tuning in. Um, 
<laughs> no, but now, you have, to, now you have to have a fucking passport to like go to Mexico or Canada. Or Canada. Canada. Yeah. You used to just be able to like go across the Canadian border like it's nada. Yeah. Say, hey, what's up? That's <laughs> it. Like, nothing. Yeah. Please keep driving. Yeah, right. You're blocking traffic. <laughs> Your body's like, eh, eh, what's so, what's up? Like, how are you? Eh, eh. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's so crazy. I mean, like, should we list, like, the top five worst things that came out of 9-11? Number one, obviously, being airports. Oh. The change in airport policy. Ugh, don't get me started. Honestly, don't get me started. (laughs) I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off, too. Airports Airports are terrible. Um... ISIS. That's a that's a big one. <laughs> Pretty bad. Airports definitely trump ISIS in terms of everyday. Hmm. Yeah. Like in terms of everyday ISIS engagement. pretty bad, but yeah, okay. Airports probably are more annoying to me now than ISIS is. I mean, I hate ISIS, yes! but I don't ever have to deal with ISIS. You know what I mean? Right. That is the thing, and I always have to deal with TSA. Always. Not even in a race way. In a way, in like a way, we all have to deal with like the initial annoyance of truth. Right. It's so bad. Although TSA pre is like. God's gift to earth. Mm. Have you experienced? No. Why would I do that? What do you do? Um, it, TSA pre is like this like random like screening process, which for once is like actually nice where like you don't have to take off your shoes. You don't have to take off your laptop, your belt or anything. It's like old school, um, old school. It's like an old school oh. model of like how to get through security, but wow. it's random. I know. Oh, really? Or you can pay for it. Oh, you or you can pay for it. This is what's going to happen, man. They're just going to have everybody on they're going to have everyone be like, oh, you can be like permanently pre-TSA by like giving us all of your information. And then they're going to put it all on a card and we're going to have to swipe our card every single time we go to the airport. It's just going to be exactly how it was, except now they know everything about me. Yeah, no, totally. The first time I did it, they like gave, they did a fingerprint swab yeah. on me, so like now a skin you're, swab. Now you're like, you know, file 2BZ2X5T or something. Which is weird because that was my nickname in elementary school. I know. So it's just strange that it's like come all the way back around to like 26. XYZ or whatever yeah. I said. Yeah, and it's like, wait, did we go, did you go to marry somebody? They're like, no, keep moving. Right. I'm like, wait, that's really funny. Okay, bye. As <laughs> <laughs> I walk out. Yeah, it's very children of men. Yeah. So, but, so that sucks. So that's three, I guess. One is airports. Two is ISIS. Three would be the... Constant monitoring. Two BXCYT card that we're all going to (laughs) get. Right, like the the 2XZB3 card is definitely number three. And I know our listeners know what we're talking about. Yep. Um, Number four is um, definitely just kind of how rude people are. (laughs) (laughs) I sound like How a about this one? contestant on the real world. I got one. I got one. <laughs> yeah. Islamophobia. Mm, yes. Llamas are fine creatures. <laughs> They're nothing to be scared of. Um, and we do need to check oh, ourselves. Oh, sorry. I mean Muslim phobia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, right. That's five. So four okay. is llamaphobia. Llamaphobia and then Muslim phobia. <laughs> Muslim phobia. No, definitely. Um, Islamophobia is creze. I mean, like literally talk about like the most hilarious button push was when that mosque that was like going to open like 20 miles from whatever from ground zero was like blocked do you remember that i do that was like insane i mean it's like almost comical and it's like you all you have to laugh to stop yourself from crying it's so idiotic that you just have to be like good god that's true that's pretty dark so vicious and just like also like i feel like if i'm gonna have a moment of 
Yeah, I, I feel like the, the like the real thing that like makes me so sad after 9-11 was just like how unmeasured American response was like proven to be. Like we already kind of knew that, like that America was like a very aggressive, like reactionary emotional country. Emotional, yeah, like a bratty emotional, literally like the younger sibling of the superpowers, like the yep. youngest baby. Um and after 9-11, it became, like, viciously true. Like, and it was just kind of, like, embarrassing in this, like, be cool mom way where it was, like, <laughs> just, like, the more rattled you seem, the more effective this act was. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it, that is definitely something that has proven frustrating as I think we've grown into, like, political consciousness do you have over a, the last 11 years or whatever. Do you have a personal account of Islamophobia that you like to recount? Um, a time I when you felt think. judged. Per- personally attacked and judged? Yes. Um, let me see. Um, well, for starters, I take it to be personally offensive when any every single day I go without being kidnapped. I think it's hmm. rude to not kidnap me, and I think that that is racial. I think hmm. I'm not considered to be a cute kidnapping victim, right. and I think that that's annoying. So... so when I'm like, when I see pictures of Elizabeth Smart, I'm like, <laughs> okay, you know what I mean? Or right. like the Cleveland girls, which is so sad. I was right. like, mm-hmm, mm. okay. So definitely I mean, don't I'm, kidnap you and gag you or not gag you. How do you want to be kidnapped? I would love to be. I don't know. I want something like fun and scary. I want there to be someone who sees it. I want there to be like a neighbor who sees it but doesn't come out and say anything until three years later. Right. Oh. And who's like, I'm sorry, I saw everything. You know, there's I want, like, a, a neighbor that kept quiet. That's like a thing. You can you can hire people to kidnap you. Wait, really? Yeah, you can really hire someone to kidnap you and they'll kidnap you. Do I even need to say birthday present? Or do you, are you already jotting this down? Way ahead of you. <laughs> mm, 27 going to be so fun. <laughs> I cannot wait. No, real Islamophobia. Yes. I was literally called a sand nigger in Boston. Whoa. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. I remember you Do you remember that story? Right. That was nuts. That was, like, really crazy. It was definitely from three, like, drugged out, like, street burners. Street urchins, right? So what? They were just, like, three street urchins, weren't they? They were street urchins. Yeah. They were street urchins that looked pretty healthy, like... I don't know. Just seemed of um, vagabond, like proper sound mind. They yeah. seemed like a relatively sound mind. Like they looked like street urchins, but they didn't look like they weren't old and they didn't look messed out. They just right. looked like chilled out. You know, there was like a like they had just started like, meth. Yeah, yeah. Like they <laughs> like they hadn't hit the crest yet. Right. Um, so it was extremely unexpected. They like started by being like to my friend Vishaka, being like, "Hey, like." What, what are you? Like, what is your nationality? And she was like, yes, kind of being friendly, even though asking that is, like, an act of, you know, low-key microaggressions. It's like, <laughs> why do you care? Like, why yeah. are you screaming this across Harvard Square Courtyard? Right. But so she, like, engages and is like, um, yeah, like, why are you? Like, yes. And they're like, and then the girl who asks suddenly is like, Ugh, I don't know, like, Pakistan, Pakistani, like Indian, Iraqi, and she's about to like be like, oh yeah, Indian, like you got it. Mm. But I am like, no, 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 she has to guess one. <laughs> Literally, so I'm <laughs> thinking this is a game. Um, like, no, you have to guess one. And then she, like, the girl who's saying this, like, looks again exhausted and looks over to her, like, friend that she's sitting next to. And the guy's literally like, she wants to know if you guys are sand niggers. And then the girl is like, yeah, because if you are, you need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh my God. They literally said that. What were they going to do? Honestly, they were, like, wobbly getting up. They looked like Gumby. But they did get up. The girl got up. 
got in Mishaka's face. Mishaka was in law school at the time, couldn't throw a punch or else she'd literally get kicked out of law school. So she's just like standing there, like staring her down, but like holding her hands like very straight down. And our friend Kristen, who was like getting money out of an ATM, comes out <laughs> in the middle of this altercation. Kristen is like a six foot something, like supermodel, is like literally Amazon status. So she's like towering above this like street rat. Um, but the girl what race spits is in her face. Ugh. White. Oh, she's white. She's white. Mm. But gets in her face to defend us, and she's just like, you need to get the fuck out of here. Like, you're ignorant. Like, what are you doing? Just, like, sitting around with your stupid dog? And, of course, like, that was the part I was like, yeah, your dog is stupid, like, from <laughs> the corner. And then the girl spit in her face. Well, yeah. Some people are just... It was uh, awful. I don't know. She needs to find the, the light of Xenu. What can I say? Yeah, she clearly needs to be, what is it called? Uh, Baptized in the, in the light of Xenu. <laughs> no, but there's that thing that they do. They like sit down and like. Ah, uh, she need, yeah right. She needs to be audited. Audited, yeah. She needs to be audited big time. A lot of audited. What if I scream that? Zena will audit you. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh my god. Well, but yeah. So that was rough. But that's the only time, and I'm definitely super grateful that I had never experienced like any sort of Islamophobia oh, like on. growing yeah, okay. up well, right after 9/11. Those psychos don't count. Those psychos don't count. I think like they are, you know. Harvard and like Boston like the kind of like disparity between like the working class side of Boston and then this like international elite like Ivy League campus know, that is like so taken weird. up like a huge quadrant I think is like created like real tensions in the city so it seems sort of like I mean these people are obviously ignorant actively racist and like everything that they were saying was disgusting um but I took that to be, like, something about something fundamentally, like, very much outside of myself. As all issues of race are. Like, it never has to do with the person of a color. But yeah. you know what I mean. Mm. It was strange. They were rats. And then we went and saw Finding Neverland. We were, like, went and saw a musical. And for the first whole first act, I was, like, distraught. I couldn't even pay attention. To this jolly Victorian English story. Yeah! The <laughs> story of, like, the birth of Peter Pan. I was just like... Oh. Where they fight the Indians and yeah, totally. throw yeah. out when, the poor. Um, right. When Wendy's kids come out in Indian gear, they're like, pew, pew, yeah. pew, kill him. I was just like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. And then the power went out for the entire second act. And we had like there was like a 45-minute intermission. And they had to do it all without power and without I can't believe you guys stayed. So, I would have fucking gone. I know, but it was just such a weird night. I had to see it through. Everything was so strange. That's so lame. So what do they do? Do they say, like, sorry, but the power was cut? <laughs> I'd be like, number one, you can can the accent. The play's done. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, we know we're not in England. No, it was actually kind of interesting, because, like, the power went out right in, like, the middle of the second act, which is when the play within a play starts, which is, like, when Peter, Plan Peter Pan is, like, happening on stage. Um, so, like... They ended up having to like do it without mics, sing, and they had to sing live. And they brought the orchestra from the pit onto oh, the whoa. stage in the background. So it actually created this like great split from the production of the play True. itself, and then like this intimate old school play within a play, like kind of magically like worked in its own weird way. I could see how that but would it was magically definitely work. Hard to hear. Yeah, it kind of magically worked. <laughs> that's that's my review. It magically worked. <laughs> Also, what Cheney said on um, the morning of 9-11, because as we all know, this was an inside job, and um, right. it really helps if we all remember it, because today is, after all, 9-11. Never forget. 9-11 episode. 9-11 <laughs> episode. 
Yeah, never forget. What do we think about 9-11 claiming that from the Holocaust, though? What, never forget? Didn't they, like, jack it? Why do we have to forget? What, can we remember both of them? I find it hard to remember to, like, never forget both things. (laughs) (laughs) Why can't we just remember both of them? Okay, then I think it should be never forget the Holocaust, remember (laughs) 9-11. That's not a bad idea. What about the Alamo? Remember the Alamo. I literally, I forgot. I don't know. (laughs) I can't remember at all. What happened in the Alamo? Uh, Basically, the native Texan, Texan Republic, not the native, the the Texan Republican army was holed up against the Mexican army, and eventually the Mexicans overtook the Texans uh, in the Battle of the Alamo, but then the Texans re-defeated the Mexicans in the next battle. Ooh, this sounds like a fun game. So people in the next... It sounds like Serena Williams. Right. Well, she just lost. I know. So, <laughs> so she's Texas. The te- yeah, <laughs> or she's, no, she's the Mexican. I guess she could be Texas if she goes out and, yeah. and destroys, uh, what's her name, at the next uh, event. But Right, right. Unlikely. That's why people screamed, remember the Alamo, because like the next battle, they were all ha- amped up about the mm. Alamo going down. Anyway, right. we digress. Forget, we do digress. Forget that and remember 9-11. <laughs> yeah, the new one should be forget the Alamo, right. never forget the Holocaust, remember 9-11. The Alamo's <laughs> over. It's definitely over. In our, um, in my like huge house in college, there's like this weird, there's this weird painted sign above this nook against a window that just said remember with no other context. So we put up a sign that said the Alamo under it. And when the owners of the house came, they were very offended and it became clear that like someone had died and that was like in honor of someone in their family that had died. (laughs) How are you supposed to know? supposed to know also get out of our house yeah it seems <laughs> like, like you're the least it. cool owners of all time they were really cool and also really not like they were cool if you did it their way they were so nice but then if you didn't which it's like hi i don't want to live like i'm not going to treat this house that you grew up in like a museum like you're renting it out it's a house like get yeah. out of here it was crazy it was so annoying well screw them yeah screw them Forget them and forget the Alamo. Forget them, forget the Alamo, but remember the Holocausts and 9-11. And 9-11. Exactly. 9-11 episode. 9-11 episode. I think I'm going to make that the intro music. (laughs) Oh, really? Well, we'll see. That's a good call. It's so beautiful. (laughs) It is. I just love whoever's um, gorgeous female vocals those are that say 9-11 episode. If love only that. we knew. If only we could ID. <laughs> if only we had a lead on who it was. I know. Maybe that's what we need to figure out. Should we send this to the government? Right. <laughs> Dear government, who is this? They're like, wait. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Mm, 9-11, man. So, you know, there's a lot times. of really great writing about 9-11, and I urge our listeners to go check out some really good long form and personal essays written about 9-11 today reminded me of truth what about <laughs> fahrenheit 9-11 yeah this is definitely a day to watch fahrenheit 9-11 oh that title is so annoying <laughs> fahrenheit 9-11 just really thinking about it thinking of michael Moore like in a room like nailed it it's so <laughs> like oh my god like yeah. so lame think of michael Moore coming up with anything is lame I know. I don't know. How am I supposed to feel about Michael Moore? It's so weird. He's like the first victim of like arbitrary backlash, in my opinion, but... Victim? What are you talking about? 
Like, it just feels like everybody, like, really turned on him after 9-11, for 9-11, don't you think? No, what are you talking about? No one turned on him. Yes, they did. I feel like his credibility as a documentarian, like, definitely went on a down, downhill for spiral. What? For what? I don't know. I don't know for what. No, you I, don't think, I think people just got annoyed with him. I think that's what it was. They got annoyed. But, like, they got annoyed, and I think it, like, interrupted a lot of his work after. I think he put, I think he would put, I don't know, it felt like he would inject himself into a lot of what he did, and people found that annoying, not necessarily his documentation. Mm. That he was, like, too present? Like, well, dude, that's part why, of it. Yeah, I know it's part of it, but, like, didn't it feel like it was always, like, oh, like, here's this event going down, and there's fucking Michael Moore sitting there in his Michigan State Spartans hat. You know, like, looking like he hasn't shaved or eaten anything green in the past six days. I know, like, literally there's this B-plot that he looks like he's dying on a bleacher, like, this entire time. You know what it it really is? Tell me. Michael Moore got stomach staples, and then he became weirdly in between the skinny and fat spectrum, and then it was no more job for him. Yes, 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 yes. It's the Jennifer Hudson curse. Right. You either gotta be fat or skinny. You can't, there's no in between. So it's true. He's a victim of this culture. He's one of those people Time who like up. lost all that weight, and then now he's just got he's he's no longer fat. It's just like four hundred pounds of skin flaps. He should have been in the Lean Cuisine commercials or whatever, like one of the like the spokespeople, like the this will be another last in love. Like, he hey, be, I'm documentarian. I Michael got a job Moore. for him. New Jerry. Hit it. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> New Jared. When I'm not trying to expose the endless lies and corruption of the U.S. government, I'm eating Subway, and it shows. Here's my pants 12 years ago. Right. Here are my pants now. And here's the pictures of the towers as they fell. As you can see, the bases <laughs> blew up. Why would they blow up? <laughs> he just like, puts that in. What's your favorite Michael Moore doc? Rank them. Uh, I haven't seen all of them. I haven't seen Prescription whatever it was. The one on... Ooh, uh, I haven't either. Oh, Sicko? Sicko, yeah. I haven't seen that one. Oh, for sure. People okay, really love that one. one, though. People love that one. Yeah, that one's really good. Because uh, he's in it the least. I mm. feel like he took that criticism. Mm. Um, I, li- I don't know. I liked the first one, me and Roger and me. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I think that one's my favorite. Roger and me's great. Honestly, I think it goes in order for, for the yeah, most part. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, Fahrenheit 9-11 was still good, but it was, I mean, it was crazy, but it was like, holy shit, I didn't know all, I mean, the Bin Ladens and the Bush family were this connected. Right. I feel like Fahrenheit 9-11 was, like, cathartic for, like, a lot of liberal people that just needed to, like, see something like that. Yeah. More than it was, like, a particularly great movie. You know what I mean? Like, it felt a lot just like, okay, here's all the things that a lot of us have been talking about made cohesive (laughs) in some way. That's what you mean. A little more credible version of Zeitgeist. Yes, exactly. Totally. Just, like, legitimizing it and, like, just studio touching it. Like, him winning the Oscar. It was just, like, that was the... Like, Michael Moore was, like, the left cheerleader during that time of, like, hilarious patriotism. He was, like, the only one there. You know, him and, like, the lead singer of Dixie Chicks. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Power couple. (laughs) The lead singer. Natalie Uh, Maine. Natalie Maines. What did I say? Hain. Oh my god, that's the underwear. I what is it know, Natalie Maines? I, I think it's Natalie Maines. The only reason I know that is because she loved Eric the Midget. Really? She was a huge Eric the Midget fan. Number one, what does it mean to be a fan of his? And number two, she listened to Howard Stern. She loves Howard Stern. Did Howard Stern defend her during that whole thing? Well, they had uh, after... So there was, a, there was the... Uh, 
saga of when Eric, Eric by that time he he went by Eric the actor and he kind of like showed up and went on the Howard Stern show like actually in studio for the first time ever. Okay. And well, he got mad at Natalie Maines because Natalie Maines. Uh, uh, I believe she like made fun of the whores that Eric the actor slept with the night before. Yikes! And so the guy who runs the Bunny Ranch, the place where the whores came from, called kept started calling Natalie Maines a Dixie clit, and then like Howard defended her then. But I don't I don't know if, I don't know if he ever defended I don't know what what happened to her. Did she get like bashed against for being a a lefty loon or something or what? Wait, do you mean what? What am I referring to? Yeah, what like, are you what? referring to? Well, when she said like we're because she's from Texas, she's like we're ashamed that oh, the president right. of the United States is from Texas. She was against the invasion of right. Iraq. Right. Do you remember that? And then there was like that huge. This was like two thousand three, so this was like a year and a half after nine eleven. Yeah. And everybody was like, "Fuck the Nixon checks!" and like burnt their CDs. Whoa, they were I like. That. Wait, really? There was, like, all this footage of, like, theatrical tractors driving over these, like, small CDs and, like, <laughs> people being like, I love the dicks of chicks, but not like this, I don't. No. <laughs> it's like, okay. No, I miss those ones. It's so weird. That. It's so weird. All I really want, though, is for you and I to recreate the Entertainment Weekly cover where they're, like, naked but covering up their private parts with writing all over them that says, like, freedom, truth, honesty. Okay, let's do it. What do you think? Janet, set it up. <laughs> Janet, get the paint. Get the white backdrop. We need this. We need this. We need this big we'll time. <laughs> but yeah, that's great. Go Dixie Chicks. And then they came back with that song, I'm Not Ready to Make Nice. That's what it was all about. Oh. Where it's like, made my bed and I sleep like a baby with no regrets and I don't mind saying. I remember that I part. I see. I made my bed. Yeah. I get the, uh, I get the metaphor. You get the metaphor. Well, no, then she, like, literally goes on, and she's like, it's a sad story when a mother would teach her daughter that she ought to hate a perfect stranger. So they stop the music, and she starts lecturing people? (laughs) Is that what happens? Can you imagine? Man, my bear, not sleep like a baby, and there are no regrets. I don't mind saying It's all in the song. It's amazing. It's so good. Because right after that is her sister's, like, fiddle solo. It's so good. She's like, ah! And then it's like, I'm going to literally post the Grammy performance on our Tumblr. Everyone needs to listen to it. It is so good. All right. So uh, thanks, uh, Eric the Midget and Natalie Mains for that uh, uh, topic of discussion. (laughs) Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate you being vocal. That is what America is about. And I think that's something really important to remember on a day like this because it's 9-11. That's right. 9-11 episode. 9-11 episode. Mm. Whoever those female vocals are, I'm serious. Just so good. Talented. Talented. Next I will say that I'm probably going to not use a picture of the towers blowing up for the episode picture. Okay. Okay. I'm like trying to take this in. Don't get your hopes up and send me a picture of like Tower 2 falling. Okay. I had a bunch of ideas. <laughs> there is one picture. It is, I think, amazing. It is of the towers falling <laughs> and the smoke, but the smoke is in the exact um, shape of Sideshow Bob's hair. <laughs> so they superimpose his face into the smoke very opaquely. Uh, well, we'll see. Something to consider. But honestly, yeah. you know, we should be a little, we should be kind of respectful. Maybe we can do like a... 
I don't know. Well, we'll I, okay, yeah. <laughs> People are sensitive about it. It's weird. It People are very sensitive. It's true. I, I once posted a status that people were very offended you were, by yep. making a 9-11 joke. So offended. people are sensitive. You were very offensive. Yes. I, was very, I was very offensive, I guess. But it's okay. You can be offensive. It is okay. I don't apologize. I'm fine, joking, I'm fine joking about it. Um, yeah. Right. I'm fine joking about it because the thing I'm joking about is very... You're not joking about the events the of thing itself. Right. Right. Exactly. I'm, I'm joking about the preoccupation with what 9-11, like, means to people. Right. As opposed to just, like, a devastating day that, like, can't have that happen. And a lot of, like, a lot of people lost their lives. But, like, it, had be- it has become a governing principle of how the country functions. That is funny to right. me. So... People need to get over Well, that. maybe we can post a really funny picture of uh, George Bush with the Twin Towers as his penis or something. Ooh. Lo- <laughs> yeah, something just not offensive. Yeah, exactly. Like, something just like that. Um, yeah, for sure. Maybe we can post as the artwork one of George W. Bush's paintings since he got out of office. Have you seen these? Oh, yeah. He paints, huh? He's a painter. His, like, toes coming out of a bathtub. I'm like, you are fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I saw that, and I was like, honestly, I've always thought you were, like, obviously relatively evil, but, like, these paintings prove that you're fucked you're up. You're sociopath. It's really just, like, yeah. you're a sociopath. It's, like, literally a painting of his toes coming out of bathwater. I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Those are my toes. <laughs> God. Hey, bath in, like, God. five days. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first bath I took in 25 years. <laughs> Laura's like, I want to kill myself. Yeah. That's what she says anytime someone comes. Like, George is in the bathtub. Please take me out of Dude, here. Dude, I, I remember go. thinking, like, she was, like, someone who took way too many Valium every day. She did seem very just kind of like, I don't know what's going on. She was a pretty bad first lady, in my opinion. I'm dead and sad. I died 25 years yeah, ago. Right. I'm just a shell. That's, that's what she said in every she interview. She does seem like a shell. She seems like a shell of a person. His daughters seem... That was just, like... That was just not the best first family. Like, it's not even the worst president. It's just, like, that family in general was not great. No. Those sisters were, like, party animals. <laughs> they certainly did get drunk a lot. They got drunk a lot. I mean, like, no shade. Like, I'm not even trying to shame. But, like, they were, like, always, like, sneaking out. Like, there were pictures of them drunk. There was also just, like, a very a real lack of respect for how we, like, covered them that I don't think would happen now with, like, Sasha and Malia, probably. But still, oh, man. like, very Oh, weird. no. If Sasha and Malia were of that age and, like, getting drunk they would get so much heat are you kidding me i think they would but i don't think people were like I think you don't think people would call them stupid rednecks or something no i mean definitely wouldn't call them I mean, they have they have other words that they would forcefully refrain themselves from using yeah. i'm sure i just think that there was something about the like bush twins that like that was like during like the paris hilton like uh. era there was just something about the visual of these like two blonde in theory, rich girls, just because of the White House, not that that makes them rich, but, like, just, there was something about that visual of them drunk that was, like, very culturally on the nose. So I think people were, like, more able to make fun of them because that was just, like, the climate or something. But I feel like now it would be, like, if you were to post something about Sasha and Malia, I think there would be then ten think pieces being, like, how dare you? You know what I mean? There would yeah. be, like, this immediate thing that would come back. It's true. But not that they would because they're great. They're, like, great first kids. <laughs> Where do they where do they Love rank them. for you in, in the history of the first children? In the first history of the first yeah. children? Well, honestly, JFK Jr., like when he's saluting his dad's like carcass and wearing that huge coat and it looks like he's not wearing pants, it is the cutest thing I've ever seen. So he 
forever hold the mm. top spot just for that cute pantsless photo. Mm. Um, and then in a deep, deep second is Malia. Deep second. <laughs> um, yeah. Chelsea, I mean, Clinton. I just, uh, Chelsea is like a deep seventh. And in between is just, um, I don't know, Photoshop pictures of Lady Bird Johnson as a deep. What about, <laughs> I have no yeah. idea. I actually don't know how many how many presidents had kids. Like all of them. Really? Do you know who George H. W. President kids were? Mm-mm, not ringing a bell. Jeb. <laughs> uh huh. The third one that no one remembers. Uh huh. The Florida yeah. guy. <laughs> no, that's Jeb. <laughs> oh, that's Jeb. Yeah. There's like a third one. Okay. I think. I think there's three. And then I think there is a third one. George. Like Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like Carl, the guy who graduated <laughs> high school but couldn't make it to junior college. Yeah. Yeah, he went to um, Santa Barbara City right. College and is still there. Yeah. Like, ah, Jeb, George, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, um, we're going to pan back to the left and we're going to go to Laura. Oh, she's passed out on an ottoman, right. benzoed. Just another day in the bush, fam. Mm. So crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like. For some reason, I feel like first kids weren't covered that much. Are you sure they all had kids? Pretty sure. Like, did Johnson have kids? Lyndon B. Johnson? Yeah, did well, he, he have got, kids? I, I mean, mean, he assumed office when he was pretty old in a weird already. Way. I mean, his kids were probably, like, 40 by the time he was in office. Yeah, they were probably, like, one foot in yeah. the grave. And he, like, didn't plan to be president. <laughs> I don't think, at LBJ. least. Right? He didn't. I mean, he didn't. He didn't plan on JFK getting assassinated, if that's what you're, uh, uh, if that's what you're asking. That is Are you inferring that, that he planned uh, the JFK assassination? Honestly, at this point, I feel like we should just point the finger at anyone we want. We know it was someone. Yeah. <laughs> it was not Lee Harvey Oswald, really. LBJ. No, I don't know. I mean, I don't think... He, I, my thing is, like, I don't think he was going to run um, after JFK if JFK had finished his term but, and maybe yeah, even yeah. another term. Well, okay. So I don't think he ever anyway, was president. So the, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I have another question that I came up with just now. Okay. Who do you think is has... A better argument. 9-11 truthers or JFK conspiracy, conspiracy theorists? Oh, that is so great. That's a really hard question to answer. <laughs> the stakes are so vastly different, but also I guess maybe not. I think that JFK truthers have more truth behind them. Only because of that Oliver Stone movie. That Oliver Stone movie definitely... Yeah, definitely, like, shakes you awake a bit. I love that movie. That movie's great. I, yeah, that movie's great. Um, really great. Probably my favorite movie of his. Um, I don't know. I think I think JFK, right? Just because, like... Because I think there's, like, a, the, there's a, the fact that the assassination is not up for debate, right? Like, yeah. he was assassinated. So, like, that fact already creates space to converse about other facts. Whereas, like, 9-11 is, like, has this sort of, like, presumed open and shutness to it. You know, I feel like the truthers have to, like, dig it's and true. ask you to reconsider like, things, oh, whereas with JFK, you're melt steel. Right, yeah, it's exactly. Like, huh? You have to bring in people about? to be like, those. look at those bases. They blow up a little early. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's no wingspan here. Whereas, like, the JFK thing, it's like, okay, he was shot. And, like, yeah. there are two bullets and... It doesn't really make sense. I don't know. That's what I think. But I also, yeah, I don't know. And also JFK's assassination felt like a little bit more like 
it's not impossible to think why you'd kill him. Like, it's not impossible to think why 9-11 would be an inside job. I'm not 100% convinced that, like, what I've heard is the truth. I don't necessarily... I'm not, like, a truther right. by any means, but, like... Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? What are your thoughts? I think I agree. Only yeah. because of the scene where Kevin Costner goes, and to the left... And yeah, to the left. And to the left. Yeah, again and, and again. That layout. is so effective. <laughs> so. There's the episode of Seinfeld where they spoof that. Uh, with the, which one? Where Kramer got spit on by, like, oh, yes. Keith, that Keith, one uh, baseball right. player. Keith Hernandez. Keith Hernandez. Is that his yes. name? Yeah. And they're, like, replaying the memory, and it's in, like, Zapruder film right. rain. I remember that <laughs> episode. Much. It's so funny. And Newman is in both of those things. So I think that was also the joke. Oh, I didn't know that. He is in JFK. Yeah. Mm. He is in JFK. So I always feel like that was like the other joke. I actually really want to see Nixon. This is like reminding Frost me. Frost Nixon or Nixon? Nah, Nixon. Also an Oliver Stone film. Because mm. like Oliver Stone did, it's so weird. Oliver he does Stone like historical like, movies a lot. He does. He does like a lot of historical he did fiction. W. He's such like an American. Remember W? He did W. He did his presidential like trilogy, but W is like very kind. Didn't he do JFK too? Or like yeah, he or did. RFK. No, he did JFK. No, but it didn't. Didn't he do RFK too? What was what's that, that? That's called Bobby. Oh, Bobby. That movie's called did Bobby. He do Bobby. And no, that was literally directed and written by Emilio Estevez of oh, The Mighty Ducks. That's hardcore. Yeah. No joke. So, and Martin Sheen was probably. Like, I would agree with you. I have another question. Hit it. Who is your favorite celebrity 9/11 truther? Oh my god, that is such a good list. That has to be a Buzzfeed thing right now. Mm. Um, I don't know. There's a bunch of them. Isn't Mark Ruff- Ruffalo a new one that I like heard about recently? Maybe. I'll say yeah. Why not? <laughs> yes, Mark Ruffalo. Okay, wh- what are some that you remember? I know think of like- one. Uh, Pete Carroll, head coach of the CLC Hawks, is a 9-11 truther. Is he really? What does he say? He says, like, uh, I just want to, you know, when we get the answers. I mean, I can't go, <laughs> I, I can give you a quote if you give me, like, you know, two minutes here. Well, hold on. Okay, I'm going to give you two minutes because I'm going to quickly bring up the fact that this is not a truth. This is this person is not a truther, but did you know that Mark Wahlberg is, like, a 9-11 survivor? Almost? Huh, really? I have a bunch of 9-11 survivors that I could talk about. Wait, please do. But Mark, Mark Wahlberg was supposed to be on that plane, and oh, he missed it. Oh, I think I heard about that story. He talked about it, like, nonstop yeah. for a while. It was a lot. They'd be like, can you just please promote this movie Rockstar? And he's like, yeah, but in a way, like, aren't we all rock stars if we just go on surviving another day? Like I did. I was supposed to be on that plane. Like, literally, he always brings it up. It's so weird. No. Okay. Pete grew up yeah. in California during the Vietnam during Watergate. That's the perspective. Oh, but oh, the, so he's like liberal, Also, yeah, Pete Carroll's from Marine County. What? Yeah, so he what? graduated from Redwood. Oh my God! Okay, this is all starting to make way more sense. So he's you? a nine eleven truther. But I don't know. Apparently, he would ask a bunch of questions about. I think I don't know if there's actually quotes from him. Anyway, but he's just always very sheepish in how he like talks yeah. about it. So he's he's a truther. Yo, that's intense. I bet. You know, I do think that there shouldn't be this like air of like hostility around people who are nine eleven truthers. I think that we should absolutely allow there to it's be like a totally to safe space yeah, for them absolutely. to talk. It's funny to make fun of them in their aggressiveness, but I rarely come across any in print or anything that are very aggressive in their beliefs. They're very, they keep to themselves and just have their beliefs. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, isn't there a, to a degree, like, but like, isn't there like an a, a element of 100% 
truthness to a 9-11 truther. I mean, the like, term 9-11 truther, knew. I think some people assume uh, they kind of like just label people that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, haphazardly. maybe there's some truthers who are like, oh, I don't think the United States actually did it, but... Right. When there's That's like where I'm other at. people I don't who are like, the U.S. was responsible it. for it. Right. Yes. There's degrees of intensity for 9-11 truthers. Yeah. I definitely don't think that the U.S. did it, but I think they had 100% like cultivated the um, the space in which it could happen, if that like makes sense. Right. You know? They did little to prevent it. They did little to prevent it. Homegirl Condoleezza was like, yo... <laughs> Can we do something about it? And what happened? She kept putting she kept putting that report on Homeboy's desk. On whose desk? Wasn't it Cheney? Oh, really? Yeah, Cheney's desk. I don't know. I'm not going to get into this. I want to... Not today. Okay. <laughs> not today, which is the day of remembrance, because it is, after all, 9-11. 9-11, baby. 9-11, baby. <laughs> is that Pitbull? Pitbull. I think so. Imagine 9-11 featuring Pitbull. <laughs> Something to think about. <laughs> Something to think about. Something to think about. So should we do... He's probably a 9-11 truth. He probably Yeah, is. we should probably wrap up. So we should get to our truth. I mean, I guess Devil Tongue Taliban. So yeah, we... Devil Tongue goes to the Taliban um, and also goes to America <laughs> and also goes to Clint Eastwood. I'll let our listeners sort, the, put sort that one out. Conversation. Yeah. yeah, I'll let you guys yeah, figure out the connective tissue. Sort that one out yourselves. Yeah. Um, good friend of the week on my end goes to McDonald's for finally answering my eon long prayer for all day breakfast. Thank you, God. <laughs> Remember that time you were doing an article on McDonald's and they wouldn't let you uh, like ask a Coca-Cola. question? Coca-Cola. It was Coca-Cola. Ah. Uh. I have so many questions. Oh, no, yes. I know what you're talking about. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, what was the question? Um, we had to ask it. My friend Michael and I had to ask it, like, through their Canadian Q&A channel. Right. And they still didn't answer This it. is how big of a whore you are. All it takes for you to forgive McDonald's is all-day breakfast. Yeah, I mean, I think that was my question. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, consider it answered, me. Well, like, so great. That's the price for I'm your like, dignity is all day breakfast. Yeah. Um, yes. Those hash browns have been the price for my silence for a long time. If I uncovered 9-11 truths and literally, like, Bush brought that cabinet back together for, like, one last ride, <laughs> Furious 7 style, and they just all drove to my house with, like, a lifelong coupon for free hash browns, I would literally be like, consider it shredded. <laughs> That's me talking about the evidence. You would sell out Edward Snowden so quickly. So quickly. Like, he's a hero. He's a hero. What was that? Like, oh, hash browns? Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's right up here. <laughs> but good friend of the week. I'm really excited about all day breakfast, and I know I will not get it once. <laughs> like, I know I won't take advantage, right. but I don't know. Maybe I will. Are you excited about it? No. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. I'm good. Okay. Okay, your turn. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I guess my good friend of the week goes to uh, the police state of the United States of America. 
which we just love. Right. <laughs> so. Do you care to elaborate even an inch? No, I kinda, <laughs> I'm kind of just going off the top of my head here. That's not really my good friend. Of the that, what should I say? Okay. How about uh, I think your good friend. Hmm. There's a pineapple be? right here. Oh. I'm really, I really want the pineapple to be ripe. But it's not ripe yet, but I think that can be the good friend of the week. Your future ripe pineapple. Right. Okay. Honestly, I'll take it. <laughs> because it's going to be really sweet and uh, tasty. So. Yeah, it is going to be nice. I love a good pineapple. I love how pineapple is like designed to like look so vicious yet is so great inside yeah. like is that an evolutionary advantage does it not want to be touched hmm. well i mean if it was really evolutionary it would make its fruit very sweet and very safe so everyone would eat it and poop it out mm. right y- yeah interesting <laughs> interesting hot take of the so. week <laughs> something to think about something to think okay about. that's a good good friend i feel good about that i feel good about all of this um, on a day in which there's not much to feel good about, I'm feeling good. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Right, if you could, <laughs> I mean that for real this time. <laughs> if you could play us out with, you know what? Oh, I know what. You're talking about those gorgeous female vocals and the music that accompanies them, right? right? So. All right. Well, goodbye to our listeners and goodbye, Jack. G- and goodbye, Rod. Man alive in episode. Man alive in episode. Something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there. Telling me I got to beware. I think it's time we stop. Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. lines being drawn Nobody's right If everybody's wrong Young people speaking their minds Are getting so much resistance From behind Time we stop Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down What a field day for the heat A thousand people in the street Singing songs and they're carrying signs Mostly say hooray for our side It's time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down Your life it will creep It starts when you're always afraid Step out of line The man come and take you away We better stop Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going on